They call me Gary. My name's Gary. A lot of people call me Big G. Um, some people call me some people call me G Man. Every now and then, somebody say G Money. I don't know where that comes from. Um, my grandkids call me Papa G. And I tell you all that for a reason. My assistant Lee has a granddaughter that was not listening to Lee, and Lee said, "You need to listen." And then Lee tried to make it spiritual and, you know, threw the old Jesus thing in there. And she said, you know, just like at church, we have to listen. You know, who do we have to listen to at church? And her granddaughter went. She said, it starts with a J. You know, it starts with a J. J, 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 J. She said, J, J, J. And then finally Ellie, her granddaughter, said, you mean Pastor Jerry? <laughs> so I'm asking you to listen to Pastor Jerry today. Because what I'm about to tell you is not going to make any sense. It's going to make no sense at all. It's illogical. It's unreasonable. It's irrational. It is not mathematically sound. What I'm about to tell you today is less is more. That giving is better than receiving. That you and I can know God more by being more generous. The past several weeks, we've been on this journey of knowing God more, where I shared with you at the beginning of the year my thoughts of just, I want more of God. I want to see God do more. I want to, I want to see him more in my life. I want to see him more in the life of the church. I read, the, I read this scripture now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. And so we started this journey that, that we wanted to know God more by reading God's word more. And then we went to the next week, we want to know God more by praying more and by fasting more. Then last week we talked about knowing God more by us being involved in the life of the church by serving more or getting more connected in a group, that we know God more by doing these things. And what I'm about to tell you today is that, that God's calling us to know him more by being more generous, that this is, this is, this is one of the ways we know God. And so if you're here today and you're a guest, I, I have no credibility with you. I have none. You're going to think I'm just like the guy on TV that wants something from you, and so I'm going to give you my qualifiers. I don't want anything from you today. I don't care who you are. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. I want you to know God through your resources, through your finances. Second is this. I practice the things that I talk about. I want you to know this. I practice everything I talk about, Leslie and I, we try. We practice. It's a priority with us. The third thing is this. If you are a guest today, if you're new, I don't want your money. You keep your money. If you know, I say, I say it all the time. I say, I don't want your money. God doesn't need your money. But let me tell you something. You know what God wants? God wants your heart. And you know what? Your wallet will follow. You know how I know? Because mine did. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't know anything about all this stuff. My heart followed, my wallet followed my heart. When I came to know Jesus Christ, it was all about him and his kingdom, about what he wanted me to do, about me following him. And so if you are new here today, I don't want your money. But the last one is this, is that God wants to work in every area of your life, including your finances, including your resources. So if you'll give me just a few minutes, I want to talk to you about being more generous, that it's a better way to live. It's better. So here we go. Last week we talked a little bit about that a lot of people don't go to church because they've been hurt by the church, and that's very real. And so I want to just tell you that my experience of church people, sometimes I think church people say some of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. 
and I love them, and I work for the church. But I've had people say some crazy stuff to me. You ever say stuff when you got through, you thought, man, I can't believe I said that. You ever do that? You walk away, you're like, oh, my gosh, that was ridiculous. Why did I say that? We put our foot in our mouth. As a matter of fact, when I first got the ministry, when I was riding to funerals, I would say, now, Gary, you don't have to say anything stupid. Now, and I'd go, what would you say? Sometimes in most moments, we don't know what to say, so we just say stuff. And truthfully, I'm praying for you, and I'm sorry will go a long way than you just saying something else. But anyway, there have been times where, where people have said stuff to me. When I first started working at Eastridge, I wear a lot of plaid. Now, I, I have this theory in life, you can't go bad in plaid. I just have this theory. I wear a lot of plaid, and I try, I try to break up from it. Try, I bought some solids, but my go-to is plaid. I think it makes me look thinner. I know it may not work, but if I think that, that's what I think. So I'm wearing this plaid shirt. I had some plaid shirts. Some of them look the same. I had this plaid shirt. i just been at the church. I bet I hadn't been there a month. I hadn't been there a month. And this woman, I, I got through, and this woman comes up to me, and she says, you like that shirt, don't you? I'm like, yeah. She said, you wear it all the time. I'm like, What's wrong with you? That's what I thought. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Another time I'm leading a group, leading a growth group. It's over the East Campus when we only had one campus and I was leading it. I'm going to teach this class and this guy walks in. I'm sitting there and I, this is no lie. I'm sitting like this. And he looks at me. He walks in there and he goes, Gary, you're fat. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to whip your butt. <laughs> I am. Anyway, so. Another time I had this, uh, this sweater on. I never wear sweaters. I had this sweater on and it had, had these stripes on it. And this woman, she was a really sweet woman. I wasn't offended by this at all. She said, Gary, you look like a bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> I never wore that. I burned that thing, you know. <laughs> and so every now and then we say something stupid. All right. Jesus has just preached about the kingdom of God. And he talked about hell. He talked about acknowledging him before men, about being committed that you're going to tell people that you're going to acknowledge me, that, that I am who I say I am. And it was about commitment, that Jesus just preached on hell, acknowledging him, about commitment. When we pick up this story, after Jesus preaches, he just got through preaching these things, we pick up this story right here. He says, then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide my father's estate with me. And I guarantee you, Jesus was like, what? What are you talking about? Are you stupid or what? Did you hear what I just said? And then Jesus replied, Friend, who made me judge over you to decide such thing as that? Then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Ah, I thought that was interesting. But Jesus immediately launches in. He, he says, beware of every kind of greed. Because I, I, I've always thought there's just one kind of greed. But Jesus says there's a couple kinds of greed. And so I'm going to walk through this for a second. There's a greed, like if you think of yourselves as, as if, if you're generous, your hands are open. My hands are open. My hands are open to God. My hands are open to other people. They're just open. Well, there's a greed that closes one of those hands. And it comes from selfishness, that you know what? I'm not helping you. It's about me. It's about what I'm doing, about my kingdom. I'm building for me and my family, and my hand is closed to everybody else, even God. And I don't think many people, I don't think most people land in that camp. 
But there's another kind of greed that your hand wants to be open. But because of fear, it starts to close. The car breaks down. Business is bad. Kids need clothes. Got laid off and you start to, you start to, your hand just starts to close. And you just subtly become greedy. Jesus talks about greed and he, he has a story. Says, then Jesus told him a story. Jesus always got a story, doesn't he? Always got a story. He says, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have enough room for all of my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and all the other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough, you have stored, enough, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Wealth is not the problem in this story. Resources are not the issue. The issue is that guy, the guy in the story doesn't acknowledge that God has given him these things. If you read that story, the word I is in there four times. I, 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 I. The word my is in there four times. My, 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 my. And what happens to us a lot of times is that when we start talking about being generous, we think we are the owner. I'm the owner. I did this. I worked hard. I've done this. And look, look what I've built. I've stored. I've saved. These things have happened. It's been because I'm skilled or I'm smart or whatever. I've worked hard. And we start thinking, I am the owner. Where Jesus is teaching, you know, no, no, no. we are the steward. That he gave us those gifts. That he gave us those abilities. That he goes, gave us those things. And so the problem in the story is not that of resources, it's attitude. And you and I so many times become like that person in the story that so many times we think that I need more. Or we fear that. What about me? As a matter of fact, I love the scripture where Jesus goes on and he tells us later on about that you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear. And he goes to this verse right here. He says, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. That you're a fool. That you could live your life in such a way that you would end your life with a bank account that's full but to have an eternal bank account that's empty, that's bankrupt. And I want you to hear this from me. I don't want you to end your life that way. I don't want you to live your life like that right now that way. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And when it comes to giving and, and we are so jaded and cynical whenever somebody gets up and talks to us about being generous, and look, I'm, I'm aware of all that. But I want to tell you there's a plan. There's a way out. There's a way that you and I can be more generous and we could even know God in his generosity more. 
You see, we walked through these first couple weeks, and I'm going to get to the message. You're like, get to it, get to it, get to it. I feel like I need to set it up. If you never read God's word, you never know if his word is true. If you never pray, you never know if prayer works. If you never fast, you never know if fasting works. If you never get involved in the church, you never know that that's a better way to live is service or in community. You never know those things. You hear them and you always can push back and go, nah, 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 nah. And the same thing is true when it comes to being generous and giving. That if you never try it, you never know. And here's what I want. I don't want you to live your life that way. I want you to live your life thinking, man, you know what? God is part of every part of my life. And he's calling me to be generous. So what does that look like? How do you do that? The first is this, is that you be strategic. You put God first. You be strategic, you put God first. And what you're actually doing is asking God, inviting God into your financial picture. Now, years ago, I made a decision to leave Johnson City, Tennessee, where I was a youth minister at a large church and go help a friend of mine who had started a church. I took a $10,000 pay cut, and we went to Charleston, South Carolina, and I went down there with two kids, and while I was there, we ended up with four. I don't know how that happened, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what happened. But we were tight. We were in a season where things were really tight. And in the midst of this season, I made some decisions that probably weren't the smartest. And we had some debt. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was reading the scriptures about Hezekiah, the story in Hezekiah, 2 Kings 18. But Hezekiah receives this report about how Jerusalem is going to be, uh, they're going to be surrounded, they're going to be attacked, they're going to be conquered. And he gets this report on this piece of paper, and it says in Hezekiah 19 that Hezekiah took this, this report and he laid it out before the Lord. He laid it out before the Lord and he prayed, he said, God, I need your help. And he begged God to save him. He begged God to come into this situation. Well, because I'm gullible enough to think it would work, I, took, I did that same thing. Twenty-some years ago, I wrote down, Lord, this is where I'm at financially. This is my finances. Not very good. This is my picture. This is what I owe. This is how much. So we're, we're tight right now. You know where we're at. We're struggling. And then I wrote down there, I need your help. And I also wrote in there that I'm not going to stop giving to you what is yours. And here I am 20-some years later to tell you that God intervened. I didn't win the publisher's clearinghouse. You know, Ed McMahon didn't show up at my door or anything like that. Through hard work and decision-making and through God's blessing, we got out of it. See, here's what we have. We have these resources and these situations. You may not be in a bad situation financially. You still need to invite God into your, into your situation financially because you want to put him first. You want to see him work. If you have resources, you want to see him work with your resources for kingdom impact, not just for your impact. For kingdom impact. You want to see him use the resource you have to change lives. And if you're in debt, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to, you probably won't. Give your way out of it. 
You don't believe it, I'm telling you, but I'm telling you, you start giving your way out of it. You put God first and say, I'm going to put you first. I'm asking you to intervene into my financial situation. I'm not saying tomorrow it's going to be cleared up, but what I am saying is that you have the creator of the universe on your side. You've invited him to be part of what's going on in your life, good, bad, and ugly. So the first thing, and if you think I'm making it up, look what Jesus said. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else. You put him first, and then you tell me what these next words. I'm going to say and. You tell me what it says. And. Well, you either believe it or you don't. And I know a lot of people have been coming to church a long time, but they don't believe this. They think God is big enough to save them. They think God's big enough to forgive them of all their sins, of handling problems and restoring their marriage. But when it comes to their finances, they think, I don't know. I just don't know. And I'm saying, put him first. Invite him in. Which leads me to the second one. The second one is this. Become structured. Become structured. Give a percentage of your income to the kingdom. Give a percentage of your income to the kingdom. Here's the truth. Pastor Rob used to have a saying that you take care of his business, he'll take care of your business. And I have found this to be true. That you give a portion of your income to the Lord, a percentage of your income to the Lord, and he's going to intervene in your financial circumstances. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not claiming that everybody here is going to be a millionaire. That's not what I'm claiming. But what I am claiming is that God will be involved in your financial picture. And he will help you. You'll be a better steward. You'll see him work in your, your lives. You'll have stories that you can tell other people. So I'm going to walk through in Malachi, it says this. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's army, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. Now, stop right here. He says, I will open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then he says this, try it. Put me to the test. God said, hey, try it. Test me. For years, Leslie and I have been percentage givers. We give a percentage of our income to the church. We try to give on top of that to other missionaries or just endeavors that we want to support. And that may sound crazy. You're like, Gary, I could never do that. I can tell you this. You can. You can. You could start small. Listen, I don't want your money. I want you to see God work in your finances. But I want you to hear me on this. Start small. Start with 1%. That means if you make $100 this week, you keep 99 and the Lord gets one. Once you see that he's going to be faithful in your life and provide for you, that you're able to, to do that, or maybe you start with 90, or you start with 5%. You're going you're to keep 95 and you're going to give God 5 He's going to prove himself faithful. You're going to build your faith up like a muscle. Faith is like a muscle. You're going to become, your heart's going to change. The way you think about possessions is going to change. The way you think about money is going to change. And you're going to start seeing yourselves as a steward. And I am funding the kingdom of God. I am watching God use my resources to change lives. You see somebody like Madison on stage here, who's somebody who's, who, who is a young person and, and their faith. Part of that is because we have funded ministry for that to happen. 
Ministry takes money, but I'm not asking you to give it for that reason. I'm asking you to give it because you want to put God first in your life, and he's got this plan. See, God's plan all along has been percentage giving, that we give a percentage. Now, here's the part that we get jaded by. We watch guys on TV, and they're like, give this, give that, and it's this big thing, and we get jaded. Or we get jaded because we've had a, a bad experience in the past. I get it. Look, I get it. You've had a bad experience. I don't feel like we're up here all the time cranking the, the crank, and everybody got to give, got to give. We're not. Now, you may have a different thought on that, but that's not my, my perspective. But even if those were the case, hear me on this. It was always still God's idea of percentage giving, that you gave a tithe. The tithe is 10%. You may not be able to do 10% today. Start somewhere. Invite God into your financial picture and start trusting him with your finances. Which leads me to the third one. Become spontaneous. Become spontaneous. Look for ways to give besides putting God's first, some structured percentage giving. Look for ways to give. I told this story Christmas Eve, and I never want to, I try not to just say, hey, look at me, I'm doing it great. But I do want you to know I do these things. I want to be more generous. You can ask the staff. I talk about it all the time. I want to be more generous, and I want you to hear me on this. I want to help people be more generous. Because I think it's a better way to live. I feel like less is more. At the end of your life, you're not going to think, man, I am so glad I have this money in my bank account. You know what you're going to think? I wish I had the stories. I wish I had stories where I helped this person. Their life's better if they accept Christ. I helped that person, man. Look, I helped them. You got these stories. You like, And it's not bragging. It's like me and the Lord, we partnered together to do something we couldn't do by ourselves. That's what I'm looking for. But anyway, I told this story Christmas Eve. I met this young man. He was standing out in the rain. And I pulled him up, and I said, man, are you okay? He said, my ride for work didn't show up. I said, look, I'll give you a ride, and I'm not saying that you need to do this. I gave him a ride, took him to work. A couple weeks later, I saw him walking. He had walked miles. Just walking home, picked him up in the car, and I thought, this time I'm going to talk to him about how everything's going in his life. I'm going to tell And I just said, hey, what's your story? And he told me that he'd just been in a downtime. They'd lost a loved one, had to go live with his aunt, lost their house. His car had blown up. He's having to walk to work. So I'm trying to turn it positive after that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's bad. And, I'm, you know, I said all the pastor things, I'll pray for you and everything like that. And, and so I said, are you getting ready for Christmas? What a stupid thing to say. You talking about saying stupid things? You know what he said? We're not celebrating Christmas this year. And then he said this. He said, but I'm going to buy some stuff myself for me. Look, he got out of my car. I wept. I wept because I've been blessed. And so I told Leslie, I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give him something for Christmas. And he didn't know I did it. I did it nonsense. I snuck it up on his porch when nobody was around. They shot at me. I got away. I fast, y'all, so... And I'm going to share this with you. That made my Christmas. I enjoyed giving gifts to my kids and my grandkids. That made my Christmas. Because I got to be generous to somebody who couldn't give it back. And I didn't want it back. I just want them to know that somebody out there cared about them. I tell you that story because that's who I want to be. That is the Gary that I want to be. I want to be generous. 
And I can't help everybody, and you can't help everybody. I know that. But we can all help somebody. Well, helping people requires generosity. So I'm going to walk through it real quick. You put God first. Invite God into your financial picture, good, bad, or ugly. Second thing, become a percentage giver. Whatever that is, you, that's between you and the Lord. You become a percentage giver. You start trusting God that less is more because I have you in this picture. And then the third thing is I'm looking for ways to be spontaneously generous. I'm going to give and help people. and Nobody's going to know about it. And I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus because he's been so good to me. You want to know God more? Hear me. You want to know him more? You want to have a better relationship with God? You want to be rich towards God? It's through generosity. And I'm praying that you are. I'm praying that you will. I'm praying that we all get better. I'm going to give you this last scripture right here, and I'm going to pray. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, in your gifted speakers, in your knowledge, in your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you all to excel in this gracious act of giving. That He wants us to get better at it. Look, I want to get better at it. I'm praying that you do too. I'm going to pray for you now, Father. Lord, it is humbling that you would give us resources. And you would want to partner with us. That you, you, you would accept our invitation for every area of your life, even our finances, even our resources. So, Lord, first of all, I pray that nobody in here today walks out of here thinking I want their money. I don't. But I also don't want anybody to walk out of here thinking that you don't want them. You do. You want all of them. You don't care who they are. You don't care what they've done. You sent Jesus. And so, Lord, with that in mind, we ask you to use us. Help us to become more generous. We invite you into our financial picture. I pray for those who have just a short supply of resources, maybe an incredible supply of debt. That they would see that you're bigger and you're the answer. And then, Lord, I pray for those who have a lot of resources. That they would see that you want to use them. That you've got plans that they have no idea to change lives. So, Lord, help us all on the journey wherever we're at. That we'll just get better at being generous. And you'll get all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great day. We'll see you.